There's not such a known fact about the conditions in the death camp in Auschwitz during the Holocaust, and that is that they had these what's called gas chambers. These gas chambers, everyone knows that uh, that they would stuff in a bunch of uh, people, Jews, into these gas chambers, and then they would uh, instantly pass away. So this known, f- this this not such known fact is that these showers had a dual purpose. Before they would gas the, the Jews, they would uh, use it as just regular showers. And that was when they transported the Jews from all over Europe to Auschwitz or to any other uh, camp, death camp for, for that matter. The first step was, I don't know if it was the first step, but one of the, one of the first steps was to shower them. That they, they, they needed to strip totally naked from any clothing that they had from their uh, respective city and they would put that into a pile and they would enter into these uh, chambers to get just regular showers I'm not sure if they if they gave them soap or 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 if it was just uh, just plain plain water at any rate so the story happened with Rabbi Nissen Mangel he was 11 years old. This was, I think, in 1944, where he was taken to Auschwitz with both of his parents. So uh, they went through this process where him and his father went into this uh, chamber to get showered. So they both took off their cl- clothing. They got showered, and like everything in those camps, everything was with shouts. The, the SS guards would shout and say, do this, do that. So uh, they shouted that, okay, everybody get un- get undressed, get into the showers. So everybody immediately showered and put their clothing in this big pile. So they came out of the shower and now they were supposed to put on the special uniform, those uh, uniforms with those uh, black or purple stripes. So everybody started putting on their uniform, but little uh, Nissen Mangel had a problem. He was 11 years old. And he has a whole nother story of how he ended up in the camp together with the other adults. We'll leave that for another time. But he managed to get into uh, to, to, together with uh, with the adults because other because they usually not usually I should say most definitely they would take all children and just uh, gas them and burn them and kill them. So it was a miracle in itself how he made it together with the adults. So the story goes that. Everybody's putting on their uniform, their camp uniform, and little Nissen had a problem. He was young and short, and the uniform just simply would not fit him. It's like a, a little little boy trying to put on his father's pants. You, you just can't. Uh, you're you're, you're going to trip. So the SS guard starts screaming, screaming at him. What's going on? Let's go. Get get dressed. So he tells the guard, if I put on the, the clothing, uh, I'm going to trip. He says, okay, fine, then just go and put on the clothing, your original clothing that you came with. So he went to the, to the pile of clothing, but there's uh, hundreds of pairs of clothing there. And how was, was he supposed to find his own pair of clothing? So he's rummaging through, hoping to, to find his uh, clothing. And lo and behold, he finds his pair of clothing. So he puts them on. He was a curious little boy, 
and he thinks to himself, hey, maybe I could find my father's uh, pair of pants. And lo and behold, right next to his, he sees his father's pants. And somehow, I don't know how he managed to do this, he, he puts in his hands into both pockets. He firstly puts his hands into his father's right pocket of his father's pants. And he finds a can of sardines. So you could imagine the, the value of having such a thing in such such a death camp it was even worth more than a diamond ring so he quickly puts it into one pocket then uh, he looks into the other pocket of his father's pants and he finds a small pair of tefillin and he goes on to explain that his father was a businessman he would travel a lot so his regular pair of tefillin phylacteries was of a regular size but when he would travel for convenience he uh, he bought himself a small miniature pier of tefillin and it was this pier that his father took along with him to to Auschwitz so he quickly takes the pier of tefillin and puts it into his pocket they all go to their uh, barracks and he meets up with his father and late at night when it was dark he uh, secretly take, takes out the tefillin and shows it to his father and he says the, his father's face immediately lit up his father gave such a smile on his face and it was such a relief to finally see his father smile during all of these uh, harsh conditions and then the next step was how are they going to put it on they couldn't put it on during the day during the day they were working this this was a labor camp, a death camp, so they they couldn't put on put it on during the day, and they were woken up four o'clock in the morning, and by the time they got back to their barracks, it was already dark. According to Jewish law, one is only allowed to put on tefillin during the day daytime. So what is one supposed to do? You're in a death camp. You cannot possibly put on tefillin during during the day. At night, it's prohibited but hey you're you're in a death camp so they decided they're going to put it on somewhere after 10 p.m because it was after that time where the german soldiers would not uh, have such such a strict uh, watchful eye and it was dark and they only had one light that was lit in the center of the, of the barracks and these barracks were pretty large so uh that's when they when they put on the the tefillin. I'm not sure if, if they said the blessing. They probably uh, did not say the blessing because of what I mentioned before about the problem of putting on tefillin at night. But listen to this. They had lines of people. People started lining up because word got around among the, the Jewish uh, prisoners that there's a pair of tefillin here. So people started lining up middle of the night risking their life because there was, there was a big chance that a SS soldier could come in and if they were caught they, they would be uh, shot on the spot so it was inspiring to see and all the amongst all the darkness you had Jewish people what, what was on their mind that I, I have here a chance of putting out filling and it's not even during the the appropriate time it was at night but this was my only time and opportunity that I that I could put on filling.
And he also makes a, a very important point that he said it over like almost five times. He says, nobody, nobody, there's no, nobody in the whole camp there in Auschwitz had a pierced phone because when you would come in there, they would strip you with everything, with every, every last bit of, of, of any belongings. So to have a pierced fillin in Auschwitz was, was a pure miracle. Thank you.